All spiritual growth is purely to consciously realize that we are all one and live every day in that positive mindset. The purpose of our lives is to complete an esoteric spiritual awakening and transformation where we are all consciously aware that we are one. The more we know about our higher selves intertwined with the universe and God as the essence of creation, the more meaningful it is to feel whole because we are one in the same. Everyone has energy within and the power transforms that energy into different vibrations and dimensions. Join Charlie May in the connection to self, your spirit guides and spirit angels. Ascend to higher frequencies, vibrations and other dimensions with the Spirit Guider. Welcome to the Spirit Guider. I'm your host, Charlie May. We are doing part two with Yale Bowman. Welcome, Yale. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Oh, man, every day you amaze my mind and lift my spirits and let me just have an enrichment-filled life because I, I love what you bring to my mind. So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy to hear. How do you measure your day by being present? How do you measure your experiences in this life by being present. Can you explain? Yeah, you know, I think it would be good to touch on the fact that the feed you're talking about in the group is I am the universe, you know, the I am the universe group. And that group is all about seeing life from the big picture view, from our place in this big, you know, organism that we share with each other. And, and you know, like we talked about last time, stepping out of the individual and into this big expansive part of ourself and kind of really getting to set ourselves free from a lot of the daily frustration, pain, uncertainty, stress, not by having to do anything in the physical and in, in, in going and getting the next pay grade or going and getting the next job or going and solving this big problem, but by being able to find peace where we're at too. By being present, you get to respond rather than react. And there's really, I, at least I think, and you know, people are free to disagree with this, but I think there's no greater pleasure in knowing that you were totally in tune with a situation, good or bad. Everyone's left a bad situation, reacted badly, feeling bad. But when I, I would be curious to know how many people left a bad situation reacting positively and felt good, like it was a moment where they grew and connected and knew themselves. And the same is true with a good situation. You could leave it you know, addicted to more and more good situations, or you can leave it really reverent for it being an amazing piece of your life or piece of your day. I'm going to... I'm going to dip in on this because okay. how can you leave a bad situation in a positive way? And I'm just going to give you an example. Let's say that you take your car in to get fixed. Yeah. Your car's worth $50,000. Yeah. And I'm not materialistic, but they end up ruining your car and it doesn't run anymore. And they're not going to pay to get it fixed. They're not going to pay you anything. And you're left with nothing. In this human world... How do you turn that into a positive? Well, I think that's a really good thing to, to talk about because, in, you know, then what happens? You may have to get a lawyer, right? You might have to litigate. You may have to write a letter to the corporate. But what you don't have to do is entirely lose yourself in anger. You don't have to, you know, tear the person's head off. You can you can decide to do all the appropriate things and still keep your sense of self and respect for it, the people around you and yourself intact. It doesn't mean you have to be happy. You can be angry. You can be pissed. But you don't have to lose yourself in that necessarily. That's easier said than done. I understand the feeling of emotions, understanding, accepting the emotion, and then letting it blow in the wind. But 
at the end of the day, and I know the universe doesn't come in a fairness, would you say that having that problem with your car was actually meant to be? Not necessarily. I mean, it might just be it might just be the way the wind blows that day, right? But having a sense of presence is not about never being angry or upset. You know, I've, I always tell people and I remind myself that clarity is not an absence of emotions. It's not an abscess. It's not an absence of problems. It's a maturity in how we approach those emotions and problems. That is easier some days and harder on some days. But being present is about being able to watch in a compassionately detached way because it goes back to what we were talking about again last time we met. How do you want to bring your best self out? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean your best self has to take a $50,000 loss on your car, but it does mean your best self isn't going to seethe if you can take a walk, you know, in a couple of days when you cool down and just decide, all right, this is going to happen. I'm suing such and such, but I'm not going to let it live rent, rent free in my head and rule my life. You know, I'm no unjustified. You know, they messed my car up. I'm just going to go, go on. And you yeah, know, but if you don't have a lot of money, how are you going to sue? Right. Well, you know, and if you do sue, you're going to spend all your money on the lawyer trying to sue. You're going to end up broke. <laughs> and that's true. You know, life will always bring us in one way or another to situations we can't change. And then then it's about choosing your peace. Mm-hmm. Then it's about are you going to accept what you can't change? In that situation, would I want to accept that? No. Would I be up at night, you know, irritated and, and stressed and anxious? Definitely, like any other person on earth. But I think that at a certain point— we talked about last time also doors opening and closing. If you see many doors closing and you've tried everything, sometimes we just choose our peace and move on. We've all been in a situation we have to pick our own peace and move on because at the end of the day, it might not, if it feels impossible or if it feels that the cost to you is so high to get that outcome, there are people who choose to start over for their own peace all the time. It's it's a valuable approach. I mean, it, it's putting what's physically not as less important, but being able to decide in the moment what's actually right for you on a holistic level. Okay, I'm going to get even deeper here. Would you say the problem with your car was related back to karma? Not Man, I'm, I'm taking it there. Not necessarily. You know, maybe for somebody, right? But some people seem to be just amazing people and have problems left and right. Like I know some people who are amazing people and they've got the worst luck with money and they've got the worst luck with landlords and, you know, vehicles. And, and I've also found that— Where does that come from if it's not karma? You know, car, I think karma is, is a unique concept. I want to I want to be really careful when I say if it's karma in the context that it's the circumstances around us, that the moment we're born, we have an impact in the world and a ripple through the world. It's not necessarily saying you deserve this. It's saying there's cause and effect. And that being said, I still don't think it's fair to paint that brush on some people because I know people who've done absolutely nothing to deserve misfortunes. What if it's karma from another life? You know, it could be. And, and I definitely know people where I know wouldn't qualify for that either. Sometimes you just have a bad day um, and you just have to accept it's a bad day. And sometimes some people just have a tougher time with money or with relationships. We're all going to have one area we struggle in. I think it, I, you know me and I like to keep things simple. And I, I'm going to say, you know, for some of us, we're just going to have areas we struggle in. It can sometimes help to consider whether it's our karma. But if if we know we're living the best way we know how then it's better to be mindful and present about our struggles than it is to try to decide where did this struggle come from? How can I pinpoint the origin and attack it? Or how can I pinpoint the origin and change it? Because the reality is if you're already living your best life in in the way you know how, for other people and yourself, and you still struggle with money or misfortune or accidents or, you know, relationship problems, 
the, you're going to get the most by being present with what's going on in your life and starting to transform your consciousness around your emotions, your feelings, your interactions. You're going to get so much farther with that than you are worrying about whether you incurred this karmic debt. So then do you even believe in karma after hearing this? I, I'm kind of wondering, do you believe karma is even a thing? I, I tend to focus more on what our present life karma is. You know, sometimes people come in and they have inexplicable problems, whatever. But I've noticed a majority, and this is my work with people more than, you know, more than a decade of working with people. A majority of our problems come from the kind of karma that I call present life karma, which is cause and effect. It's the family and in, in, uh, you grew up in the privileges you had around you, you know, the resources you had available and how those either lifted you up or impacted you. And it's the, the, the choices you made, you know, in your life that have either lifted you up or impacted you or, you know, and a lot of the obstacles, they're either indirectly coming into our realm of life because of things that we didn't have control over, like the circumstances of our birth and growing up and, you know, entry into adulthood and things like that, or they're, you know, directly impacted by things we did that we shouldn't have done or things that we did when we didn't have more information. So I call that present life karma. I think I like to make that distinction because I don't, I don't love the idea that you deserve something you did in a past life. I do believe that energy does continue on trends, and I do see some inexplicable trends, but I, I can't look at every one of those and say, oh, yeah, this person's paying off some debt. Um, you know, a lot of times I see it's tied deep into our, our energy, our subconscious, and into the things we have no control over, which is the circumstances of our life up to this point. What we do have is right at this moment where we become present in this point of our life, if we can become present and aware a whole world of possibilities opens up. And I would much rather focus on that world of possibilities than the world of limitations. Oh, no, no <laughs> doubt. I would too. And, you know, this brings up a lot of questions with past karma, past lives, the karma built up. And, you know, we've talked about in the last session that our souls move on, you know, in this universe. It's mm -hmm. a continuation. And then I have to ask you, well, if, if we're part of this continuation in, in the universe and we're all one, why wouldn't we have karma left over from past energy? You know, I, I think I can't say too much outside of what I believe to be true, right? And you know, you've known me for a while. And you know, I believe less in this idea of individual soul and more that we share this big organism. Yes. And that I think the idea of individual soul is is much more mutable and much less and much less awe-inspiring to me than this idea that we share that we we share this consciousness and we share this experience and it's it's reflecting off its itself on so many different levels and dimensions and so when we talk about like you know an individual soul journey i i find that to be sometimes a trap for our mind if we're not careful because we can get so caught up and think about our individual soul journey and the pressure to achieve that and to undo what we've already done and then to make the best decisions. And to me, that's no better than the pressure to get the best job and the best car. To me, we're wearing our spirituality like we're wearing our physicality. And it's so tied up in our relationship with religion and, you know, spiritual thought through the ages when we had intermediaries for us. They said, you know, if you look at karma, it's not just been used in a positive way. It's been used to create caste systems. It's been used to, you know, justify oppression at times. It, it's not necessarily something void of man-made touch and influence. And I think that's why we have to be careful of those kinds of concepts. I think it's liberating to consider, especially in a world today where there's a lot of struggles, how we're all part of one organism. Because on the physical level, that works. On the spiritual level, that works. And on the 
superconscious level it works. And beyond that, it gets rid of a lot of complicated questions on the metaphysical realm. But people in the metaphysical realm also believe those belong to the fourth dimension, and that's not the highest dimension. So even if we go by that— No, four. I don't even, I don't even dip into four. I try to stay five and up. Yeah. You're totally Which correct. Don't, and my question for someone who's more metaphysically minded than maybe universe, you know, expansive mind or universe, whatever you want to call it in this kind of thought, is— you know, are those things relevant if you leave those dimensions where the separations exist? Are they even relevant? You know, as you go toward oneness and, you know, do we do we need our sense of individualness if, if that return to unity or, you know, light or oneness or whatever you want to call it is the highest expression? The reason I see my individualism when I am dipping anywhere 5 to 12th dimension is my personal energy I am contributing to the wholeness. Yeah. That's when I seek out this individualism is just when I am consciously studying myself to help the whole. Yeah. yeah Does and that I, make sense? I think sense? That, that's the power of individualism. It's the power of being an individual. And I think the ultimate power of being an individual, I think, is in a physical dimension. But you know me. I'm, I'm, I've made it kind of my life to come out here and help other people in the physical dimension. So that's the way I approach it, right? Mm -hmm. it, through different ways of thinking and feeling and, you know, through different ways of looking at life because I don't think we should have to suffer and I don't think we always have control over our, every detail of our life. Um, but I think some of our biggest impact is how we show up on earth in our life that day in that body and that's where being present and aware really ties in. Oh my gosh, blow my mind. But it's easy to get distracted and go for entertainment or go for cognitive dissonance and that does happen on a spiritual level. There's bypassing and other things. So, you know, it's Be hard. specific. What do you mean by that? You know, it's easy to say life is hard and I'm just going to focus on my energy when there's things in my life and, you know, relationships or circumstances that I could maybe bring my a better version of myself to or, or bring more awareness to at the very least. Even that means leaving a situation, not just trying to change it and fix it. You know, there's when it goes to being, being aware and in tune and doing things that create harmony and peace. And ideally, when we create harmony and peace, we want to not just create it for ourselves, but Ideally, we want to do it in a way that's shared, too. So you're basically saying bringing your higher self into every aspect of your personal life, not just focusing on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as, a, as a whole, I think that's a fantastic way to approach life because there, there's no moment where your presence is going gonna, is gonna to take away from something. Mm -hmm. But there are many moments where we lose it. No and doubt. Are, are all of them as important as the others? Not necessarily. But if we don't have a habit of it, when we need it, it won't be there. I've never believed in karma. I spent many years with a Buddhist monk. Spending time with my Buddhist monk was the concept of the mindfulness. That's what I got out of it. But they dip into this karma life. I don't believe in it. Yeah. I, I, I don't like anything that blames someone for things they can't remember doing. That's true even if I meet somebody on the street who's got a habit of being a difficult person. Oh, I know they didn't mean to do it. But do I want to be friends with them? No, I'll love them from over here. Mm -hmm. But am I going to blame them for something they're not aware of if they have a mental health issue or if they have a personality issue or whatever? No, I just, you know, I'll love you from over here. I don't want to be your best friend or anything like that. <laughs> what if people say they have visions of past lives? Well, so if that, you have yeah. visions of past lives, why wouldn't that and I have to say, this is where it confuses me. If you have visions of your past lives and you know that energy existed, why wouldn't any of that energy come along with 
the continuous of that energy and spirit. The real question is, was that you as a continuation of the individual? Or was that you as part of a collective soul sharing memories? You know, I think we just assume a, a memory comes from this was me and I was in a different body with a different name. Uh-huh. And that maybe that could be true on some level. But I've also known a lot of people to think they had the same past life. We've all met five people who think they were Cleopatra, too, and they had memories. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it, true. It's not to say all those people are right, but it's not to say they're all wrong either. You know, there, there are people I've met and they're like, you know, they really do exude certain qualities. And we got to consider at some level, is there a shared energy when it comes to especially, you know, different kinds of energies and even personalities and people um, that, that we should consider. So you're saying I could be you, you could be me. Is that what you're... Is, a, are, in some we're, ways I'm we're saying, the same. In some we're, ways I'm saying we're all, we're all coming from the same emanation anyway. So, our, so I'm you and you're me. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter because whether that's a personal memory or whether it's or whether it's something I've gone through or something that someone else has gone through, it's in the world that I live in. It's significant in some way to the story, the only story that's being told, the story of the universe. So let me ask you this. You know, I'm really into the dream world, and I study a lot from the shaman, Don Juan. I have mastered being present in my dream while I control the dream. Oh, that's awesome. And I will tell myself to look in the mirror so that I can see who is in the mirror. It's never me in the mirror. Yeah. It's somebody else. Yeah. I I think that's such an interesting thing. The dream world, we get to touch so many different things. And Who do you think? It depends I'm, on the dream. You know, it depends on when you do it. Sometimes you're seeing a way you see yourself. Sometimes you're seeing, you know, a, an energy you're connected with or a, maybe an entity you're connected with. Or a know, different dimension or and a different, different... Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're really... I always thought of the dream world as a, as a bridge between many different worlds. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. For example, when I have a predictive dream, it doesn't happen in this world. It happens in a very similar world with similar details. But when the scenario comes out, I'll recognize it because it happened in a slightly similar world. You know, it's not predictive in the context it was exactly as it happened, but it's happening either in symbolism or in, in, in you know, relative similarity to the world we live in. But every but the person's hair may be different, their face may be different, but the scenario is just similar enough. Have you astral traveled to a different realm where it is not Earth? In a dream or at all? Yeah, anytime. Where it could be a different dimension, not Earth-like, not a 3D, where it is totally different energy, different realm, different dimension. In short, yes. <laughs> I astral travel a lot, probably more than a dream state, similar world as our own. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find myself in a lot of places, especially, you know, at night when I should be asleep or when I am asleep in the dream world. You know, there's a kind of a distinction between dreams and traveling. They feel they feel similar but different in, in ways and, and a lot of times distinctively different depending on the kind of travel you're having. Have you heard of string theory? Yeah. Okay, where we can be different places at different times. And I think when we consider past lives, we need to consider that as a exactly. really viable option. You know, it, 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 to consider all this as is happening, like we were talking about last time, on multiple different dimensions. And it's it's too complicated to say, hey, your individual soul is a continuation from some lineage. I think we got to consider there's some mechanics that, that we just really don't quite understand yet. But I think it falls more in the realm of simultaneous happenings, you know, that that's more and more likely as we look at it. To prove that it's the dream world, how I can be different places consciously, subconsciously when I dream, 10 dreams a night, I'm somewhere else. Yeah. 
and I meet people in my dreams all the time, or I'll, I'll find myself, you know, after sitting with somebody having a dream and going, oh my God, I just learned so much about them. And, you know, and it may show it to you in a different lifetime or it may show it to you in a different circumstance. You may go deeper into the circumstance, into their childhood. I've had dreams after I've met with clients where I'm in their childhood with them. Is that going to the past? Is it going into a simultaneous, you know, you know, time's such an interesting concept. It, it's not necessarily. To me, there is no time. I mean, time's bendable in yeah. science. So let me get this straight. You will you will have a dream about a client, but the client of yours is a child. Or sometimes before they come in, I'll have a dream and know why they're coming in, what we've got to talk about. That that can be, you know, it's not doesn't happen every time, but it, it does happen. Uh, I'd say more than rarely, you know, it happens. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I, it blows my mind. But, you know, when you attune your body, your mind to want to help people in a specific way, mm-hmm. It gets in that mode. Yeah. I also say when I leave, you know, the presence of a lot of people, doing a lot of work with a lot of people, I've got to digest it through dreams is usually where I'm going to do it. So I'll I'll see a lot of what they've what, what we experienced and talked about and digest it, even go deeper in some levels and just release it out through the dreams and, and even see some deeper understandings that I can even bring to them next time they that we meet too. But I dream of people I've never met, but in the dream, they're my best friends. Interesting. Yeah. See, and you know, I, I have a similar experience where I dream of people who are dead a lot and I see them in my dreams. You know, so there's people that have passed away that I've known that I see a few times a year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're really dead. They're really they're really dead. But I know it's different than a dream because the things that happen are are relatable back to everyday life. It, there's there's some things that are that make too much sense for it to just be a dream. Do you have a dream where you are a child? You dream as yourself. No, but it, you know, I'll find I'll find yeah. myself in surroundings. I've I've had dreams in front of the mirror, like you have. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have dreams like I'm going to sit with people, and in, in, in just like a normal day of coming in and uh, sitting with a client, and and have sessions at night with people, and then wake up and go, I don't know who that was, but you know, we just did something. So that. Do I, you remember um, what you told them in the dream? Sometimes, yeah. You know, a lot of times, yeah. And if I don't, I try I try to write it down. But you know, I had I had a client who experienced traumatic loss of a child, and. We'd been working together for several weeks, and he came to me in a dream, and we talked in the dream, and I relayed what happened in the dream, and it she she it made total sense to her. You know, she could tie in all the all the details and all the things, um, but it was so rich in symbolism too. But you know, with him, it was going back to his childhood and through different things. Wow, the the dream conversation could go on for an hour. It could. It really could. It's such an interesting thing, and I think there's no way to say that dreams are just this and astral travel just this. I think. It's so much about who, 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 what our minds are connected to out there. It's, it's such a, a really thrilling mystery to me. Okay, I'm going to ask you this because with my shaman, I can dream things that I've never seen. I can dream of things that are unknown to humans as we see them in our eyes now. Have you ever dreamed of something you've never seen? Def- I mean, I've had some interesting dreams. It, if you want to talk about like being in different dimensions or seeing kind of like spiritual or psychedelic things. I'd be curious to hear what all, what all you've added. It's a definite thing. Yeah. And I th- I notice it's more likely at certain times than others. And, you know, it depends, I think on a lot of times what we're supposed to see. Oh, yeah, we no need doubt. at that time. What do you give the people one way to be present today? So with my kids, I tell them, 
you know, we're more than just our feelings and our thoughts. I tell them, imagine just sitting those things down in the grass, close your eyes and do this and take 10 steps back. You still need to feel and be part of all this, but notice that whatever thought and big feeling you're having, good, bad, in between, this party is eternal. And you get to watch and be a witness to all that and then bring that clarity and calm into your life without stuffing it down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's integration. Integration. Yale, you enlighten me. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. This is the Spirit Guider with Charlie May.